Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm, I'm going there to, I, I want to win the tournament. I mean, I don't know how possible it is. Like, I'm definitely been working hard and playing well. I mean, that's everyone's goal who's going to the tournament. They want to win it. It's not going there to try and win two rounds. And then, I love that. And then lose losing straight sets or something. I, like, obviously, I want to win, like, win every match I play. Sometimes it's tougher with different opponents, but every time I step on court, I want to win the match. Hey everyone, John Worth. I'm here. It's this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. I am uh, headed away for a few days before the U.S. Open, so we're going to tape this in advance. Our guest this week is Tommy Paul, 20-year-old American. Started the summer, perhaps, I hope this doesn't sound too harsh, perhaps the the Ringo star of the Young Americans. And now here we are uh, in late August, and he is the Paul McCartney. He's had a very nice summer. He has won many, many matches. He has more than halved his ranking. He'll be in the main draw of the U.S. Open, 20 years old, uh, coming off a very strong hardcourt summer, playing as well as um, as any young American, perhaps this side of uh, Francis Tiafo. Tommy Paul joins us, talks uh, a bit about what it's like to be part of this young generation of uh, American players, what his expectations are for the U.S. Open. We applaud him for, uh, for his ambitious goals. Uh, nice kid, 20-year-old. Tommy Paul joins us. He'll be playing in the U.S. Open main draw starting next week. Tommy Paul, welcome. How are you? How you doing? Good. Good. How you doing? Good. Where uh, where'd we get you? Uh, yeah, I just got back to the house after practice. So, are you uh, are you in North Carolina? No, I'm in uh, Orlando just training. I was gonna say, how do we uh, jump right in? How how do we spend the uh, the week before the biggest event of the year? going to play Winston-Salem or not, and uh, I just decided to stay in Orlando and kind of train and work on fitness and maybe do some three out of five set practice matches and just get ready for the Open. So what, you, you got to explain this to everyone. What's what's going on with you? you, uh, you you've you had a monster summer. 
you were I was, I was looking at your results in June. You you played in Winston Salem, not in the ATP event, but an ITF event, and uh, you were you were ranked yeah. three ninety three, and you've you've shaved uh, more than two hundred places off your ranking since then. What's what's going on with you? Uh, I don't know. Just I feel like a lot of it is a mindset. I mean, definitely been working hard. Uh, so, I mean, I'd say most of it's really mindset, though. Uh, I've kind of changed the way my mind is during my matches and before my matches. So I think that helps a lot. Give us an. I mean, we've we've had players on a lot, and confidence is a uh, a word in heavy rotation. But give us an idea of what that really means when you when you say your mindset has changed before your matches. What what was it, and what is it now? I mean, if we're talking about confidence, like confidence for me is just like always looking forward to being on the court. Like when when you're confident, like you're you're happy, you know, like you you you're ready to go play all the time and uh, have fun on the court. That's that's what's most important. That's when everyone plays their best tennis. So that's what kind of mindset I'm trying to get into before every match. And uh, I think I'm doing a pretty good job, having a lot of fun out there. So good quarters in atlanta Qu- quarters in dc nice nice run in uh in cincy how big a difference is a best of three match in in severe heat versus a best of five match i mean how in, in your mind how, how much is this uh this change in format an impact yeah i mean i like to think that i'm a pretty physical player i mean i like to think that i'm in really good shape so I mean, hopefully that works to my advantage a lot. But uh, I've actually only played one three-set match in my life, and uh, I lost in straight sets, so it was kind of like playing a three-set match anyway. So I'm kind of looking forward to. I mean, hopefully I can win. I can win some matches in straight, but I'm kind of looking forward to going the distance in some matches and testing my uh, my physicality and see how I hold up against all these players that have been doing it for a while. Like I'm really excited. How much do you care about weather? I mean, you you train in Orlando, and it's it's you know obviously humidity is something you're probably used to. But how much do you uh, sort of consult weather maps and weather reports before you get out there? Um, I mean, the only the only time like the only reason I really look at the weather is just for like stringing my rackets. Really, I, I I if it's colder, then I'll string a little bit looser. But I mean, that's pretty much the only the only reason I look at the weather. I'm I'm kind of comfortable with playing in the heat I actually kind of prefer the heat sometimes but I mean it's obviously comfortable to go out there and play in like 70 75 78 degrees that's like awesome but I mean for me physically I mean it's great when I'm playing really hot and just kind of outwork my opponent I'm gonna sound like a, a grandparent here but uh have you grown I mean I I think we spoke uh on, on the roof at Wimbledon, I think uh, two years ago, when you when you were coming off the yeah. uh, the Roland Garros yeah, title, I, I, I saw you on TV. I was, I'm like, this this guy looks like he's about two or three inches uh, taller than he was two summers ago. Is that me? Oh, I mean, I think that might just be you. I don't think I grew. I mean, I think I got a lot a lot stronger, a lot bigger. Uh, but I don't know about height wise. I don't think I grew. Maybe maybe like half an inch, but I'm not sure. Looks like you had a growth spurt. What? Um, Tell us about yourself. I mean, what, uh, what, how'd, how'd you grow up? What, uh, what kind of upbringing you have? What do your folks do? Uh, I grew up. Well, I was born in New Jersey. Moved, new, moved to North Carolina when I was like six months old, and lived there pretty much my whole uh, 
childhood. I, I mean, I would say I'm a North Carolina guy, I like being a Southern boy. So I really like that area. Um, my my mom played tennis at ECU, East Carolina University. That's kind of how I got into it. Uh, I kind well, like that kind of got me started. And then like once I could hit the ball, I just started tennis playing with uh, the older doubles people. That's kind of how I started, just going out there and playing with the older people. They were nice, well, nice enough to let me go out and hit with them. So that was pretty cool. And then my sister started getting into it around the same time as me. And then we kind of just practiced together until I was uh, like 13. It was like me and my sister, like my best friend, Evan Wells. Um, he would come practice me a lot. And then Jonathan O'Neill was us four, and we kind of just worked and practiced in Greenville, North Carolina. And then uh, USDA picked me up, and they've helped me out a ton since then. Anytime we can uh, name check Greenville, North Carolina, we're we're happy. Did you um, how seriously do you think about college? Um, I mean, I always thought I was like, obviously, every player when they're young has a dream of going pro. Uh, that was always my goal when I was little and growing up playing the North Carolina tournaments. And then, um, like from fourteen to seventeen, like that was. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to college. I, I always knew it was either going to be UNC or or Georgia, and I liked the coaches at both a lot, and I ended up committing to go to Georgia. Oh, you did? And oh, then, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, I committed to go to Georgia right before – it was right after Savannah Challenger, uh, and then right before I went to Europe for – played three Futures and then the French Open. And then after, like, I wasn't talking to any agents, like no agents were reaching out to me and I wasn't really, uh, like reaching out to any agents. I didn't really have the thought of going pro in my mind too much. And then, uh, after French open and those futures, they started reaching out to me a lot. And then Nike reached out to me and then I was like, all right, like, like give me a deal and I'll look over it and see what happens. And I mean, I liked it. So then I ended up turning pro right then. You got your deal. Um, the uh how are you already sick of the uh the tennis generation question are you uh you you obviously you know 25 years ago is Andre Pete and Jim and and Michael Chang and now there does seem to be this this cluster do do we make too much of that i mean do you do you see yourself as this this generation are, are these your rivals or or is this something that uh sort of the the tennis salon has taken on itself um I mean, I I definitely think we have an unbelievable group. Not, I mean, the Americans are awesome. Like, I think a group of Americans that we have is is so cool. All of us uh, growing up together and pushing each other. But I mean, it's also cool that there's people from around the world at the same time. Like the Russians have three guys that are playing Unreal Tennis right now as well. And then uh, Canada, obviously, they got a bunch of young guys that are doing really well so i mean i think it's really cool not just having americans but guys all over the world my age playing at higher levels than me and kind of pushing me to do better so how, how does that play out i mean you you see that uh you know chapavov beats nadal in uh in in montreal in a you know third set breaker you're yeah. tommy paul up and coming american i mean how, how do you process that is that uh you, you're happy for him it's it's inspirational you i mean wh- how does that play out when you see a result like that 
No, I'm definitely just happy for the guy. I mean, I I don't know him, like, too well, but definitely, like, if I see him, like, uh, we talk to each other, like, hey, what's up? Like, how you man and stuff. And, I mean, he's a really nice guy, so loved seeing him do well. Uh, Felix, also a great guy. I mean, I just, all the guys my age, I really just like seeing doing well. And, uh, I mean, it pushes me, too. So, like, I mean, I think I, I can compete with all of them and uh, want to be better than all of them, and they all want to be better than the rest of us. So I think it's cool having everyone competing against each other. What, what do you think that uh, my I, my pet theory is that this all starts with Federer Nadal and sort of trickles down to the rest of the field, but it, it does seem like there's very little friction uh, among players in general, but among, say, the, the 20 and under set in particular. Um, you, you'll never... Even even on court, you don't really sense that there's a whole lot of tension or that there's a whole lot of personal animus. Um, a, a, is that accurate? And B, what, what do you think that is? I mean, it seems like you guys actually kind of like each other. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, for your first question, I, I think we all get along pretty well. I mean, there's some of us that get along with each other better than others, for sure. But, I mean, I think it's just we all respect each other we all respect each other's game and we all gave up so much to, to do what we're doing now. So I think we all respect that out of each other. And, um, I mean, I just, we, we all grew up, all grew up playing the same tournaments and seeing each other since junior. So, I mean, I wouldn't say all of us were always like close, uh, even like from the beginning, but then I think as the years went on, we kind of all became closer and respect each other more. You you just mentioned sacrifice. I mean, what what do you think you what what have you given up? What do you think the biggest thing is that you've given up to uh, to do what you're doing? Uh, I mean, I had to move away from North Carolina, move away from my family and friends. I think that's a pretty big sacrifice. Uh, I mean, you just give up. You pretty much give up a lot of your social life. I mean, I I I would say a lot of the players like most of their friends are on tour, but I like to kind of stay, like, I definitely have friends on tour for sure, but I kind of like to stay, with, have my friends at home that I can come back to after the tournaments are done and kind of just stay off of the tennis site besides when I'm playing my matches and practicing, you know? Um, I, I wanted to ask you, you you and Roger Federer share uh, an agent, teammate. Uh, an agent, yeah. we'll, we'll have you know, he walks his dog and listens to this podcast. Uh, but what's what's your relationship with Roger? I mean, what uh, what's what's your relationship? What what have you learned from him? Uh, I mean, it's awesome, really. I mean, in in Wells, I wasn't even playing the tournament. I was kind of just there practicing, and he brought me over to his house. We had like some practice. He had a court at his house, I guess, and then in Wells for the tournament, we did some practices there. Ate like had a lunch with him and his family, and. I mean, it's just cool. You can like pick his brain a little bit, talk to him, and I mean, it's just obviously unbelievable talking to someone that knows that much about tennis, and it's just endless knowledge. Is he someone you can use as a resource? I mean, can 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 you call him and say, uh, you know, I, I see it's going to be 106 degrees out tomorrow on court. Uh, what do you recommend? Or you know, what, what's I know you've played this I guy 13 I really times. Say that. No, I I don't think I've ever done that. I'm kind of. Like, I kind of stick to myself kind of a lot. I mean, I don't know if I could do that. I just I haven't really tried that. But I, I don't know. Like he's still working on 
he wants to win every tournament he's playing, and I kind of want to win every tournament I'm playing. So, I mean, that's kind of how it is right now. Maybe maybe when he's done, I can reach out to him a little bit more and and stuff. But right now, I think, I mean, he's he could be an opponent at any tournament that I'm playing right now. So, did when when you saw him in Indian Wells, did he tell you the story with uh, with Jay Z and the house he was renting? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, they were. I just knew it was like Sylvester Stallone's old house. Yeah, or I was gonna say it's uh, so. Apparently, when um, I'm probably overstepping my uh, bounds here. Apparently, Jay Z uh, had rented that house as well, and but he flew all of his furniture, including his bed, in from uh, from New York because he wanted to sleep in his own bed. Just just a little trivia. Oh my god! Um, what uh, I mean, r- realistically, what are your expectations at the Open? Uh, I want to. I'm I'm going there to. I want to win the tournament. I mean, I don't know how possible it is. Like, I'm definitely been working hard and playing well. I mean, that's everyone's goal who's going to the tournament. They want to win it. But, I mean, there's definitely a lot of tough competition out there, and we'll see how that goes. Well, I like that. See, on your on your ATP page, it says your tennis goal is to be the best I can be, which, you know, yeah. I, 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 applaud your, uh, I applaud your approach. Seems a little vague. I like that you're uh, – I like what you just said about the open. I mean, I mean you you don't see this as like, you, hey, I just you want to win every tournament. There you go. Winning, that's no. that's more like, all right, I like that. That's that's much better than be the best I can be. I'm so not, you're, I'm not going there to try and win two rounds. And then, I love that. And then lose losing straight sets or something. I, like obviously, I want to win like win every match I play. I mean, that's, sometimes it's tougher with different opponents, but every time I step on court, I want to win the match. If I told you uh, that that makes all the sense in the world, and you're right, I mean it would be crazy to think otherwise. If I told you we we phrase that question to other players, and it's uh, they they do not have your confidence. Uh, I, I I like your answer. Too, too too often players say, well, you know, I just just want to. Uh, last year I did this well, and I hope to do at least that well this year. I like your approach. You're going there for the trophy, right? Yeah. What's your uh, what's your coaching situation these days? You're you're still USTA, right? Yeah, I'm with uh, Diego Moyano, and he, we live in. Uh, we've just been practicing at USTA in Orlando. He's still a USTA coach, so I'm with USTA. What What do you make of the facility? It's huge. You never have to <laughs> battle for courts. That's for sure. That's good. Um, <laughs> you, you never have to share a court. But you you like the idea? I mean, it's it's you know, there's obviously one of the to, to me, it's one of the great things about tennis, but also I think one of the frustrations. There's, there's no right way to do it, and uh, some people want want a big sprawling facility. Others think it needs to be more personalized. I mean, what, what's it like training there? And uh, you know, this obviously you've you've had both sides of it. I mean, what what is it like training at Lake Nona in such a big facility? Uh, I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, we have a lot of guys to practice with. I mean. Not everyone bases herself out of like no, but a lot of people come through like no and, and practice for weeks at a time. Like Matthew McDonald's here right now practicing with us, and uh, Deaton Bauman's here practicing with us, and uh, Francis. I, I don't even know what he is right now. I don't know if he's based out of like no, or if he if he just comes every now and then. But he has an apartment here, and uh, it's it's just cool. And then Bjorn, Mitch, Riley. Like I'm actually like kind of bumming off a Riley right now living in this house until I get my apartment. So, I mean, I mean, it's awesome the amount of players that we have here and the coaching and just 
whole staff. They're 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 doing a good job. So p- part of uh, being a young player and making this push is the wins and bunching them together. And again, you, you've had a great, great, great summer. Part of it is dealing with defeat uh, in in DC. You you had match points against Nishikori. Um, we, we've seen this a lot with you know a lot of players. I mean, Francis has had match points and hasn't won matches. I mean, it's part of the part of the process. But what is it like? Yeah. What what, what is that feeling like when it's not you know I, I can't you know Francis goes out and you're, you people lose and you, John Isner serves you off the court three and three. That's one thing. What what happens when uh, you're that close to winning a match? I mean, at, at your age and your point in your career, how, how does that get processed? I mean. Like, are you talking about like while I'm on the court? Like, what am I thinking? Yeah, after, but I mean, do you, do you walk off the, the court and you you say, "Boy, that was great! I just I came within a point of knocking off a guy who's been a top five player." Do you say, you know, th- throwing rackets yeah, in no, the locker I mean, room? I couldn't close. Like, what? How do you, how do you go through a defeat like that? Which is again, I, I'm not. I mean, this is every single player has lost a match, uh, a, a close match in their career. Yeah. It's, it's it's part of the process. No, I mean. During the match, I mean, I was just uh, having a good time. I was playing playing good tennis, and it was awesome because I had the crowd behind me, and I definitely play a lot better with with a nice crowd support. So, uh, I mean, when I had my match points, I I really didn't do anything wrong on the first two. I, mean, I played two really good points, and honestly, even the third one, I missed the ball, but I was definitely it was a forced error. I mean, I played my match points good. He just really stepped up and. Show me what it is to be top top player. You know he he's clutching those moments and he played really good really good tennis at the points that he needed to play good. Um, and when I walked off the court, I mean, obviously, I'm not like how I was happy with like how the night was. Like I was having like playing good tennis. The support was there and I was happy with that. But I mean, definitely wanted to come off the court with a W. Definitely a little pissed off. And, uh, I mean, it was cool because after the match, I got texts from, like, a bunch of the old, like, American tennis players that used to dominate everything. And they're, they were, like, really supportive, telling me to keep my head up and telling me, don't worry, like, those match points, like, you played the right tennis, he just stepped up. So, I mean, it was really cool. That's cool. The, I mean, the, the cliche is, oh, he's going to be replaying that point in his head for the rest of the night, and he'll have nightmares about that volley. It, does that really happen? I mean, do you do you visualize these points, or is it, hey, listen, um, you know, nice nice week here, and now uh, now I'm off to Canada. Well, I mean, I was definitely like, damn, like if I. Uh... If if he made that, if he missed that drop shot in the net, it went over the net like an inch. I was like, ah. Oh. But like at the same time, I don't really worry about that stuff. Like I don't get too too caught up in my matches. Really, I kind of I'm, I'm quick to let him go. And I was just trying to tell myself let that one go and go on to the next week. And I did a pretty good job. I went back to Orlando for practice week before. Uh, I didn't even go to Canada. I went to. Orlando, and then went to Cincinnati. So, I mean, I I thought I did a pretty good job, and it was it was cool that all the old players were texting me, like helping me out. If I if I ask you your ranking, do you know what it is? No. <laughs> do you know roughly what it is? I don't. Uh, probably around like one eighty or one seventy. All right, very good. No, so so you you sort of have a general sense, but you're not. Uh, you know, I mean, I think. 
on on Monday you'll hit your career high and uh, but you're but you're not following every, every single point you you've accumulated. No, I I really like I used to. I mean, obviously when when you first start playing pro tournaments and you're playing futures, I'm like, oh yeah, like two points here, like six points, and you like keep track. But really, I I'm not really too big on keeping track of points. Like I just want to go go out and win every match I play, you know, like I don't, I'm not thinking, oh, I got to win this, win this match so I can get 20 points or whatever, you know? For the record, you're, you're 175. So when you said, uh, 170, 180, something like that. 170 uh, or 180, very yeah. Very good, very good. <laughs> um, all right, finally, are, are you the Carson Wentz of the American players? Is that a fair comparison? Wow! Did you just bring up the Eagles? Nah, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, or no? It says here you're. Uh, you know, it's funny. It says Voorhees, New Jersey, which is obviously South Jersey, um, right, right across the river. But you, uh, but you left when you were, you know, you, you you were six months old. You said when you left. So how'd you how'd you end up yeah. an Eagle? How'd you end up an Eagles fan when uh, from from ages six months on you lived in North Carolina? Yeah, I mean, well, my my parents or my mom moved back up to uh around Voorhees like she lives in like Cherry Hill area now like she moved back like two years ago and I mean that's just where the rest of my family's kind of from but they're they're not like huge into football or huge into sports but like when they talk about football team they talk about the Eagles so then like just kind of picked up on that how many games are the Eagles winning this year oh they're going all the way come on you, you, uh, <laughs> I, I like it when you say that about you at the U.S. Open. When you're talking about the Eagles, uh, no, I, no. I, I, look... I don't know. I, I, mean, I hope so, but I don't think they have it in them right now. They don't have the, yeah, exactly. I don't think they have the wide receivers. Right. I mean, they just got Alshon Jeffrey, but that's not enough. They just dropped Jordan Matthews or traded him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how, how, how good they do. I just want to make playoffs. I just want to see the Cowboys lose, to be honest. There you go. I like, see, it's different from tennis. Uh, I I like Carson Wentz. I, I I like you at the U.S. Open. Eagles winning the Super Bowl, I think, is crazy talk. But uh, we don't we don't want to turn <laughs> this into sports. We're sounding crazy. like uh, we're sounding like sports talk radio, which which is always a good place to stop. Um, this was great. It's uh, again, it's been a hell of a summer for you, and um, you you earned your wild card. I, it it bothers me when they call you a wild card because you know te- technically that's what you're getting in on, but yours uh, was the earned variety. And you won a lot, a lot of matches this summer. Good luck for, uh, for keeping it up here in New York. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks for doing this. That was fun. That was well done. Yep. All right. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks, man. Take care. All right, that does it for this week. Thanks to our guest Tommy Paul. Nice kid. Nice conversation. Um, Jamie Lasanti. It's very, very strange to me to have a conversation with someone who is uh, much closer to my kid's age and for that matter your age than uh, than to mine uh, as a fellow 20 something what would you make of all Tommy Paul we got to draw you into these conversations a bit more you were here what what do you think of him he was good he warmed up to you nice kid huh he's a nice kid calls himself a southern boy but he was born in jersey so well we you, like him we should add you, I'm a you I was girl. gonna say we should add you you say that as a as a Jersey girl. Again, I was very skeptical when you see his his goals are to be the best player he can be or whatever it was, which sounds very uh, yeah. vague. I like that he um, was unequivocal. He's going to the U.S. Open to try and win 21 sets. I like to hear that. He also went to Federer's house, which I did not know. I was very surprised. Ever tell you that story about uh, the house Federer rents in Indian Wells? I hope I, hope I didn't uh, <laughs> violate any confidence with that. Um, all right. Nice kid, though, right? 
nice kid, and uh, he has high expectations for the U.S. Open, but he also loves football and the Eagles, which is weird because... Voorhees, New Jersey. You'd think he'd be like John Isner, Carolina Panthers fan. Um, the I, I should add, we in full disclosure, I'm ducking away for a few days, so we are... Uh, we're recording this a few days out. The U.S. Open draw is not uh, out yet. I think maybe first day or two of the U.S. Open, we should do another podcast. What do you think? I think so. Do you have a guest in mind? We might. <laughs> um, if, if, if Tracy Austin uh, honors her commitment, and I'm sure she will, we'll be talking to Tracy Austin about the 2017 U.S. Open. Uh, that does it for this week. Jamie Lasanti, thanks, as always, for your uh, extraordinary producer uh, producer talents. Thanks again. Thanks, as always, for your extraordinary hosting talents. I wouldn't say that. Thanks to our guest, Tommy Paul. He was great. And uh, we'll have another one next week. Guys, uh, someone suggested him, and it was a good one. It took a while to get it to work, in part because he was winning uh, so many matches. But feel free to keep the suggestions coming. You can – you've got to give me a script to say this. What is it? Follow follow us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, Where else do they get podcasts these days? Google Play. Google Play. And uh, feel free to leave a comment. Follow us on Facebook. Is there a Facebook page? No, you have a Facebook page. I never check Sports Facebook. Illustrated Facebook I'm all about page. the Twitter. I don't do Facebook. Uh, Sports Illustrated Facebook page. All right. Keep your suggestions coming. Enjoy week one of the U.S. Open. We'll have another podcast soon. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, everyone. Mm-hmm.